Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Foxcast podcast. This week we spoke to the number three pig main and it was a pretty good interview, not going to lie. And before we get on with the interview, let's check in with our co-host. How are you today, Tova? How was your week? Oh, my week was great, thank you very much for asking, Jamie. Had some nice weather and some good times with some family. So for me, the pig's an interesting killer. Her traps can really slow down the pace of the game with gens not being worked on if they have an active trap on. And despite being an undervalued killer, she has a lot to her. Her traps can slow the game down, her dash, which makes her get closer to survivors very quickly, and a stealth ability, which can make her hard to track, and even struggle at loops. Many people say she's underpowered, and having loads of reworks done in the past, I think she's in an okay spot. I don't really think she needs much changes. So Amanda has a movement speed of 115%, so she's more than capable of looping survivors normally. And it's only her crouching that are slowed down, but this can be improved with combat straps. It's not a bad add-on in my opinion. Her perks are pretty good, but other killers might take more advantage of them than Amanda does. But saying that, save the best for last is probably her best perk, and taking advantage of her second ability, the dash. If she hits a obsession, she can save a stack, and I think once she gets six stacks, I think she really starts to shine. Other perks I would use, probably Discordance, since you can go to Stealth, go up to the Gens, may even get a grab. Uh, Bitter Murmur, since her tracking, I don't think her tracking's that good. Or you could use Barbecue and Chili, you know, the extra blood points, or even the Aura Reading. Ain't too bad. Um, and I think Corrupt Intervention as well, not a bad shout. So her add-ons. I think she's got a decent amount of good ones. Combat straps, as I said earlier, for crouching 30% quicker. But I would say only take that if you're playing a more stealthy approach. Uh, Razor wire for any healthy survivor missing a skill check on a box. They will become injured. Slow release toxin for survivors with a trap on. They will be exhausted. So that can eliminate the exhaustion perks. Bag of gears and crate of gears can really make the traps take longer at the boxes. And if you pair that with tamper timer, it can really push survivors to the breaking point if it takes more than four tries to get the trap off. Her eerie add-ons, yeah, I, I, would, I would avoid using those. They're not that good. So apart from that, I'd say she's a pretty solid killer. She can really pressure survivors and even harass them when attempting to remove traps. So what are your thoughts on the pig? Well, the pig can be a real menace in the right hands, as you have to not only do the gems, but juggle a reverse bear trap on your head as well, and try to get it off without getting caught out again. However, she's basically an M1 killer when it comes to chases, and even though she can crouch and dash at the survivor in chase, you won't really catch out an attentive survivor with that unless it's at a high wall loop, and at best it's a 50-50 if the survivor doesn't just see what you're up to and leave the loop. She also suffers from a lack of map pressure. If them chases take too long, then you're going to lose a lot of generators pretty quickly, so we'll need some gen defense perks. Pop is my first choice for that personally, as Ruin more than often is gone within the first minute of the game. I also like to take Enduring and Brutal Strength, because chases need to be over as fast as possible with Pig. Because she suffers from having no real map pressure, breaking them pallets faster and getting back into chase faster is very important in my opinion, and Enduring makes it faster as well because there's no better way to force a pallet to be dropped than making the survivors know they have an easy killer stun. 
The faster recovery with enduring, along with brutal strength to get rid of said pallet faster, makes getting back into chases even easier and that much more efficient. I also take barbecue because I run it on as many colors as possible. Having them extra blood points from simply doing your main objective is really nice and the aura reading is really good to have as well. And pop also pairs really well with brutal strength as well. You can kick the gen faster and you can go back to finding the survivor to chase even faster as well. Honorable mentions being thrilling tremors. It never hurts to have some info on what gens are being worked on so you'll know where to go and what gen to kick with pop. Corrupt intervention to hopefully force the survivors to you and get an early chase in and maybe even keep a 3 gen in mind from the start. Tinkerer, because it's another really nice gen defense perk. Hex plaything, because it can be super annoying to juggle a hex on top of getting a trap off. Throwing more jobs at survivors could mess up their order priorities. And save the best for last is also a really good one, as Jamie has mentioned, because you can preserve your stacks by using your ambush on the obsession. As for her add-ons, I think the Creative Gears and Tampered Timer combo is one of the meaner ones. I like to use the Bag of Gears as well for setting the traps faster, which means they're on my shoulders faster, which means they're on the hook faster, which means I'm also in my next chase faster. A lot of pig gameplay for me is just about getting into chases as fast as possible with little to no downtime. The slow release toxin add-on that inflicts exhaustion on anyone wearing the reverse bear trap can be decent if you're planning on taking your game seriously, as you can chase someone with a reverse bear trap on their head and not worry about any exhaustion perks like that pesky dead hard. Personally, I do also like using the combat straps as well, but not to be sneaky or stealthy. A lot of the time I'd find more use out of that add-on with its faster crouching and uncrouching speed more at the low wall loops where the survivor can see me and I can make them think I'm going for a dash to hopefully force them to leave the area. But that's only really if I'm not using the enduring and brutal combo because then I'd rather just force the pallet down and break it. I haven't really used many other add-ons of hers as I don't play a lot of pig but we'll be finding out exactly what other ones are worth using later on in the interview. So going against the pig, quite interesting. She can be hard to deal with. And a lot of the times at the start of the game, she likes to crouch and try and catch you off guard. So you just got to try and stay vigilant. I wouldn't jump on a gen straight away. I'd wait and see if you can see her first. Because she's going to probably more than likely see you first if you're not looking for her. So if she does put a trap on your head and puts you on the hook, the very first thing I'll do once getting off a hook is check some of the boxes. Uh, at least check a couple because you never know if she's got crated gears or a timer timer. She might even be hanging around the boxes. You never know. Uh, chasing someone. Um, and if she uses a dash, you know, always try and run away. Shift W. Just get away from the loops and get some distance. And just like with any killer, she might try and mind game you. So she might go into stealth mode. As soon as you hear a blade retract then just get out of there, make distance. So I do see a lot of pig players drop chase if they see other people on gens, or even if they're just trying to get the trap off. Being a 115% killer, she's not easy to juke. So trying to lose line of sight and try and stay as unpredictable as possible. In fact, I think you should be doing that with all killers that you face. Uh, as for the perks, the only two that I would recommend that you use here and I use them all the time. Uh, Spine Chill and Iron Will. Not only are they amazing perk, but they really help you get a head start. Because being a stealth killer, you're not going to know that she's coming unless you've got some sort of alert or Spine Chill. So I think they're pretty decent perks. 
So a lot of the time when you go into a trial, you're more than likely going to see the jigsaw box and know you're going against the pig before you even see her or she sees you. So knowing it's a pig, or any stealth killer for that matter, I'd make sure I pick a gen that's in the open, so I can see her coming and keep an eye out for any other survivors getting chased so I can hold M1 in peace. Like a survivor taking a health state, or the obsession marks wriggling around. As Jamie put, when you do get a bear trap on and then unhooked, it's important to get it off even if it's not active. If it's inactive, you can save yourself time by checking at least two boxes if you're able to before going back to a generator, which will turn it on, and by then you have less boxes to search through at least. If a gen pops while you're on the hook, then you don't really have any other choice other than to start checking jigsaw boxes starting with the closest, and just hope and pray that you don't get pushed off or chased again and thrown back on another hook. A lot of pick players see an injured survivor at a jigsaw box if someone has looped towards them, and they just see them as easy pressure and they will just swap targets. If you see a survivor running a killer to your box, sometimes the best thing to do is just abandon the box and hope the next one will be the one for you. Once you're past the point of Pig not having any more traps, it's just business as usual when it comes to looping. Keep an eye out and don't let her get too close if you can help it. When she's out of traps, she's mostly an M1 killer and can be treated and looped like one. Just watch out for that ambush attack. And there we have it. That's our experiences for and against the Pig. Now it's time to listen to the expert. Enjoy the interview. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. Today we're going to be speaking to another guest. So please, guest, tell us who you are and who you main. My name is Neon and I have been a pig main since I started playing back in October 2018. At the time of this interview, I am currently top three pig for reverse bear traps placed on survivors. I am Devotion 37 in the DVD game, or Dead by Daylight. And I have every killer prestige three and every perk for all of them unlocked. I also have every achievement. So the pig is someone I do enjoy playing from time to time, but I do find her a little weak. But what do you enjoy playing about this killer? The reason I started playing killer is because when I first started this game, my friend took me to kill your friends and I was the killer that she chose. And I liked, she showed me the boop the snoop memes and I liked the, I liked the boop the snoop memes. So when I started playing killer, I just chose her first. And uh, as I went on playing her, I started enjoying using her dash. I actually looked up like tutorials and stuff on like places to use her dash. And uh, the more I practiced, the more I got better at it. And the more I started doing stuff on my own. And um, that's pretty much it. I've actually never seen a Saw movie or like the only the only horror movies I've seen from DVD are Silent Hill or Resident Evil. So it's not like a fan thing. It's just I just picked her up. Well, thank you very much for coming onto the show. Uh, Neon, it's good to have you here. So let's start with your build. If you were playing to win and you wanted to be as efficient as possible, what would your go to perk build be? And can you run us through the synergy of the perks and the killer's power? So the perks that I run whenever I want to win a match and this is purely because of my own play style. Uh, I run Whispers, uh, Bamboozle, Save the Best for Last, and Enduring on Pig. The reason I run these perks on her is because her biggest weakness is her ability to chase. She's not strong at loops at all. She has Obviously, she has her dash, but there's only so much you can do with it. And uh, that dash can actually be countered very easily if you just camp every pallet. Um, <clears throat> I run tracking and chase perks to make up for her weak chase ability. 
Her power includes built-in slowdown, and with add-ons, the slowdown can be even uh, more brutal. Like, it take even longer, I mean. Okay, so now that you've just run through your perk build, what other perk builds do you have in case people don't have certain killers unlocked? So, like, for example, some of the free ones, or even ones you can just get with shards. So, Whispers and Enduring are already free. Uh, Whispers is like a... It's not a te- it's not an unlockable teachable. You can just get it if you find it in the blood web. But enduring is from the hillbilly, and if you, I think it's, I think it's level forty. Uh, you get it at level forty, I think, on the teachable, and then you could just unlock it from there. But if if I did not have any DLC whatsoever aside from the pig, my go to perks to replace bamboozle and save the best for last would most likely consist of brutal strength and a nurse's calling or. If I if I wanted to be a if I wanted to make people mad, I'd probably run no one escapes death uh, outside of those perks, outside of like a nurse's calling. All right, so everyone just wants to have fun and let their hair down from time to time. But what do you do for fun, and what meme builds do you like to play with the pig? There isn't too much you can do to meme on pig. Truth be told, aside from the mad grip build, that's I mean that's a very basic meme build that everybody can run. If I wanted to run something ridiculous on Pig to kind of make myself laugh, uh, I would either run, and there's multiple, I I have like four builds that I can switch between for this kind of stuff. Uh, I would either run 50-50 Pig, which is just using the Amanda's letter add-on and maybe run an extra trap with it just to do it and try to get two survivors. And basically the idea is you down a survivor or two, you put the boxes on them and then you go camp and sit in front of a box and hope that, uh, hope that they don't get it off. Um, (laughs) people get really mad over it for some reason when the other, uh, the unlucky, one survivor usually always gets theirs off, but the unlucky survivor is usually the only one that doesn't escape. And, uh, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny to see if I'm being honest, the other meme build that I'd probably do outside of that, is uh, I call it Skill Check Piggy, which consists of the add-ons Creative Gears, which increases the time it takes to search a jigsaw box, uh, razor wire, or interlocking razor to injure any survivor who messes up a skill check while on a box. So the perks I would run with these add-ons would be Whispers, Infectious Fright, Distressing, and Monitor, and Abuse. And probably, uh, I would probably run a Midwitch offering I used to run the game map for this kind of stuff, but the game map has been overfilled with an insane amount of pallets. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just not really worth running the game map anymore. Um, <clears throat> so the idea is if you down a survivor while another survivor is checking a jigsaw box, infectious fright will force them off of the box because they will scream. And your terror radius is, is massive because of um, distressing and monitor and abuse. So it's pretty much over the entire map. So everybody's going to scream. At least, wait, Infectious Fright is only 32 meters, isn't it? They changed that. Yeah, I think it is. Well, the idea is to get them to scream. And uh, it forces them off the box, which usually makes them mess up a skill check. So the if they're healed or you're running interlocking razor, it would injure them or give them the bleeding timer. So there's other stuff to run as well on Piggy that's kind of meme-ish. Like, uh, I'm not going to go through them, but I, I call it Blinder Piggy for like, you just run the blind add-on and some blinding perks. And then uh, 
Insta Down Piggy, which is just kind of Insta Down perks, but nothing special. But yeah, that that would be my go-to build for memes or stuff that I find fun. Okay, so this is going to depend on the perks that you use. But with any killer, you like to use the same set of add-ons. So what would you say works well together? What would you recommend people use? And what would you say is worth avoiding? If I were simply trying to win to get a 3 or 4K, uh, I would recommend one extra trap, uh, Jigsaw Sketch or Jigsaw's Annotated Plan, with uh, either Crate or Bag of Gears. Uh, Crate of Gears is longer. Bag of Gears isn't as long. Creative Gears and Bag of Gears extend how long it takes to search a box and gives you an extra trap to place on a survivor because we all know how unlucky Pig is with her jigsaw boxes. People always oftentimes get it off on the very first one. It's super annoying. Um, other great add-ons to run are Tamper Timer to reduce the RBT timer by 20 seconds, a slow-release toxin, which exhausts survivors, uh, and they don't get unexhausted until they get the trap off. Last Will lets you ambush farther. That's a pretty good add-on. Uh, Workshop Grease uh, and makes your uh, ambush charge faster. And Combat Straps lets you crouch faster. Uh, the add-ons I do not recommend running outside of specific build setups, meaning Amanda's Letter is bad but if you're running a specific build it's not like if you're running a specific build or using an indoor map amanda's letter isn't that bad but for like regular matches um i would avoid running amanda's letter it's only really useful on indoor maps uh videotape in my honest opinion is not that good and i'm going to explain why videotape uh makes survivors all four survivors start off with a reverse bear trap on their head. So the problem with this is um, it allows survivors to immediately start working on removing their traps and leaves you with nothing. Uh, the travel distance and pressure going on in the middle of a match with your traps get removed if every survivor can just immediately start working on those reverse bear traps, leaving the pig with hardly anything. So it's a lot harder the RNG factor becomes a lot less when you when it's at the very beginning of the game, pretty much. Um, so that's my opinion on, on videotape. I don't think it's very good. Uh, Amanda's secret is practically useless. Rule set number two is useless against good survivors, or it doesn't really make a difference. Rusty attachments is useless because survivors can just remove uh, reverse, their reverse bear traps before healing. And if you plan on tunneling, they can't heal anyway because you're tunneling them, so it doesn't matter. Uh, face mask is not completely useless, but only works against solo survivors or with gimmicky builds. Razor wire and uh, razor wire and interlocking razor are useless against good survivors. They're good against new players because they don't know how to hit skill checks yet. But against decent survivors, it doesn't do anything unless they just make a mistake. Shattered syringe is is decent. But it's not like too too good, and that's pretty much my opinion on her add-ons. Pretty much. So when going into a match, what strategy do you use, or does it depend on the map and perks? Typically, every match starts with me walking towards a gen where I think the survivors have spawned. Uh, I crouch when I get closer to the gen before Whispers turns on, 
And if I see Whispers turns on, I go for a gin grab. I don't ever start with a an ambush attack. I always go for a gin grab. And <clears throat> the reason for that is obviously to get an instant hook. Uh, even if I don't get the hook, I get a hit regardless. And most of the time it goes towards my save the best for last axe. Every survivor I down, I will instantly use my reverse bear trap as soon as possible. The reason for this is because they are not meant to kill survivors. They're simply meant to slow down the game. Using them any later will unlikely make any difference in the outcome of the match aside from luck or RNG, which is outside of the player's control. After the initial start, I will only crouch for stealth if I'm coming up to survivors uh, that I think are working on a certain gen for a for a possible generator grab. Uh, I'll use my dash attack at loops if I feel like it's justifiable. I will most likely explain more of the dashes later. Because uh, I think there's uh, questions on her power later. So I'll probably get to that, you know, in a different segment. Um... If I'm playing to win, I do not let survivors get their traps off if they are in my way. If I see them and I can get to them and I'm not already chasing somebody else or they're in an easier location and I feel like I should just go after them, I just go after them. Like They they have the option to run off the trap and loop like normal, so it's entirely up to the survivor to you know play, act like, play victim in that scenario, I guess I should say. Um, I know a lot of players think it's inefficient to do that, but it's it's really not because you chase them off of it and then they have to go back to that uh, jigsaw box. So they don't they're not working on a gen. So it's not it's really not inefficient at all. If survivors are playing super stealthy, I'll be honest, I start playing really boring and I start camping people because it's it's already in, <laughs> it's just. It's, um, how do I explain it? It's fighting boredom with boredom, I guess, because they're playing in a boring play style. So I'm going to start playing in a boring play style and I want the match to start moving along instead of just being this stealthy stalemate or, you know, I can't find anyone. So what's the point of going to look if that makes any sense? Other than that, I don't purposefully tunnel people unless I absolutely need to. And I will go for chases in most matches because that is what I make that is what I enjoy most in Dead by Daylight are the chase interaction between survivor and killer if I kill all survivors and close hatch whispers makes it almost impossible for a survivor to escape so once I find them I leave them with the choice to either boop the snoot or they die <laughs> usually uh, if and this is getting kind of out of context of what do I do if I want to win if survivors start booping my snoot at the start of a match, I try to indicate to them that I want to chase or play a normal match, but I won't kill them. Like I'll get them to like death hook, but I won't kill them if they were all booping the snoot at the start. Uh, if a survivor boops mid-match, I usually let them get some fun chases in, hook them, but I don't kill them the same way I just said. And sometimes I do kill people who boop anyway if the match was incredibly unfun or just went... A, a terrible way and I just want to move on because uh, I probably got upset in the middle of the match or something. Uh, but yeah, that's the that's typically how most of my matches go. So you can tell when a survivor's like booping 
wants to go in for a boop as a last ditch effort to try and make friends like it's near the end of the game they're they're on death hook already and they've already tried being chased by you and they're trying to boop you as a last ditch thing would you kill them then as well well some sometimes uh i get it i guess like if they weren't being like an asshole or any way then if they boop i'll let them live like i in a in a context of like you know i i i just played a game for fun I'm not going to put them in a bad mood like that. Cause if they're booping, they're clearly either trying to make friends with me and not really like having a bad time or anything like that. But I have had some survivors who play incredibly sweaty and they do run, run me fairly well. And then, uh, like they'll, they'll be teabagging and stuff like that. Or like, which I don't, I don't mind teabagging. I really don't care. I don't mind flashlight cooking. It doesn't bother me. Uh, but they'll do stuff like that. And then they'll see that I start going after their teammates instead and they go down faster and I kill them all and they'll desperately try to boot my snoot to live, even though they played the way that they played, if that makes any sense. Those are the people that I completely ignore and I just kill them anyway. All right, so everyone has a play style that they like to stick to most of the time and it works well for them. But however, not every survivor plays the same. Is your play style based on how the survivors play or do you just stick to your own thing? Uh, I personally feel like it's 100% based on how the survivors play. Yeah, I like to match the play style of the survivors I'm going against. So, for example, if the survivors are sweating, I'm going to start sweating because that's just how I feel like the match is going. Uh, I will always chase survivors to the best of my ability at, regardless of how the match is going Like because I enjoy the chase interaction and I just I just enjoy chases altogether. However, if gens are going by super fast, I'm dealing with nonstop meta perks and I want and I want to win. I typically start camping, tunneling, and sitting on a three gen because most of the time that's gonna be my best option if the survivors are really being that sweaty about it. Um recently, I'll be honest though, recently I, I don't really care anymore. Like sometimes I'll just let it go and just chase whoever and if they want to leave as soon as possible, I let them slam gins and leave the exit gate and then they can go sit in queue again so no, i the playing sweaty has gotten really boring to me i guess i should say because i have over eight thousand hours in a game so it's like i don't really want to play that way anymore if the survivors want to leave the match as soon as possible then that's on them um, if gens are not going by fast and survivors are chill, I don't tunnel or camp and just chase survivors. I don't I don't let them live, but I won't like play in a scummy way. If I notice survivors are memeing around or not even trying, because I've I've had people I've had all four uh survivors run around me with flashlights and stuff and they're not even touching generators and they're going for sabotage players or just being really, really silly. And a lot of the times I won't even kill them because they're just being really silly and it's making me laugh and they're interacting with the killer. And a lot of times I'll just start slugging them a lot and letting them get back up. And I'll, and eventually I'll just let them do the gins because they, I don't know, they survivors like that usually make me laugh a lot. So I'm just kind of like, you guys are cool. I'll let y'all go. But yeah, that's typically how it is. So, Boon Totems have been out for a while now, and about 75% of the people that we've interviewed so far don't really seem to like them, 
and we just wanted to get your opinion. So let's start with the totem spawns. What do you think to the totem spawns and how do you think they can be improved? Uh, I'm going to be completely honest here and a lot of people are going to uh, disagree, probably disagree with me or like not really care for my opinion on the totem stuff. Um, I personally do not run hex perks on killer because I do not like losing perks in the middle of the match. It's why I don't run corrupt intervention regardless of how strong it is. I don't like running ruin. I don't like running hex perks at all unless I'm just trying to have fun. I like hex perks when they change the match to be fun for both sides. I absolutely when I play survivor, even when I play killer, I love seeing devour hope on both sides. I like seeing third seal. I don't have a problem with no one escapes death. I really don't care about it. I don't, I don't think it's like something that's just so strong that you just can't win against it. You know what I mean? Uh, I think plaything is a fun perk. Most hex perks make the game fun. I don't enjoy ruin. I think it's incredibly boring. Pentamento is kind of whatever because I never see it, but I still think it's pretty boring. The thing about boon totems. <clears throat> I think boons are ridiculous as they are because of how many can be on one map on the map at one time. There is a possibility, and I've had it happen to me multiple times, of running Circle of Healing and Shadow Step four times, seeing them at every aspect of the map. This makes tracking survivors incredibly difficult and healing way too easy. I don't think totem spawns are that bad. I often, when I play Survivor, there are so many matches where I literally just can't find ruin like the entire match and i say screw it and i just go sit on a gen because it's just nowhere to be found the only thing i my the only thing about the placement of totems i don't think they should be sitting out in the middle of the map where there's nothing covering it i haven't seen any of those totems lately but back before the asylum got changed this is just an example because I'm sure it's happened on Macmillan and uh, and uh, Auto Haven as well. You'll see a totem just sitting next to a tree, or sometimes not even next to a tree. It'll just literally just be out in the open, just right there. And it's like, why is that totem there? It's out in the open for literally everybody to see. Um, <clears throat> other than that, the entire point of running a hex perk is high risk and high reward you run a risk of losing a perk that is incredibly strong and i wish this would apply to boon totems uh i'm not going to say anything about the devs but it seems like they forgot about that aspect of hex perks um all i will say is this uh, as a as a killer if you do not want to lose your perk mid-match don't run perks that go away mid-match boons my opinion on boons they should have a cooldown of one to two minutes after they have been snuffed out before being able to reapply the boon. And that's really my opinion on Hexperks. That's all I have for that. Those um, out in the open, dull totems as well. There's one on Ormond that spawns on the hill. It's not even nestled in the rocks like the other hills, like on an Autohaven map. It's just at the top. Yes, I know. Yeah, I've seen that one multiple times. And it's like, why? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You got the same with Blackwater Swamp as well, where it's right by a tree near the killer shack. Yeah, but they they really need to rework Backwater Swamp because that map is, not only is it the ugliest map I've ever seen, um, 
it's never different at all. It's always the same. It's either you have pallets or you don't. Like it's either a giant dead zone. Well, besides the buildings, obviously. I'm talking about like the middle uh, area. It's either a giant dead zone or there's like three or four pallets sitting there. And then the totem spawns never really change like at all. Like you almost always see those two totems next to the rock in a tree every single time. Right. So you've been playing the pig for a long time now. I mean, you're devotion level 37. So you've got, and you've already said you've got 8,000 hours in the game, probably mostly on pig. So in that time, have you had any memorable moments you'd like, you'd like to share, like against a high profile content creator or streamer? I actually have, I want, I want to say a little, probably a little bit more hours on Survivor, if I'm being honest. Uh, but I do play a bunch of killer, usually at nighttime. So one of my, I've played so many matches as killer that I don't remember the majority of them. I've played against a ton of streamers as both Survivor and my pig. Um, sometimes it's been good. I've some of those, a lot of the streamers are good. Like they're not like mean people. A lot of the big time streamers are usually not too, too mean towards the killer. Almost every time I go against a, a big time streamer as killer, they're usually in their right to do this. They're annoyed at their teammates most of the time. Um, I had one streamer like get really mad at me, even though they all escaped. And I didn't really say much after that. I'm not going to. That was a while ago. So anyway, I don't remember most of my matches. I will say that my favorite moments in DVD, and I have this happen often when I play killer, is when the survivors are insanely wholesome in post-game chat. Uh, I remember a good chunk of my matches, and I've, I had one recently. I think it was like a month ago. Uh, the survivors did this. Um, we were all playing a game normally. <laughs> The match is somewhat stressful or like not stressful or people are just playing a game. We're just, you know, chasing and gaming and mid-match, all the survivors just randomly come up to me and start booping my snoot. And at first, I'll stare them down. <laughs> I do this a lot. At first, uh, when they come up to me to boot my snoop, I'll look down at them and uh, in my head, I'm like pathetic. And then I crouch and like let them boop and stuff just as a joke. Uh Oftentimes, after one person boops, uh, all the other survivors will come out of the woodworks and they'll start crouching towards me. And then everyone just starts booping my snoot. So I typically let them finish all the gens. And it's usually just like a, a fun time after that where we just meme around before, they, uh, before I let them leave. Uh, I can't tell you the amount of times I've had survivors be super grateful and wholesome towards me just for doing that a lot of them will say in post game chat thank you so much for making my night you're a super cute piggy stuff like that and uh because some survivors will like like have bad matches before coming into the, to my match and just not having any fun whatsoever and they'll have that one match with the with you know the pig that was super wholesome and they, it's just it just it feels really good. Uh it kind of <laughs> it warms my heart because most of the time I'm playing really I usually play fairly aggressively and with no more remorse when I play killer. Like I like obviously I'm not super sweaty, but you know. So when I get wholesome survivors, it reminds me that there are still plenty of good 
players out there with a heart and only playing to have fun. Uh, aside from that, my second best moment is when the match is over and I'm sitting in queue again. I'm playing Final Fantasy or Sonic while waiting. That's a joke, by the way. So now that you've mastered the pig, what advice would you give to new players or even your past self? I can always, I can always get better. Yeah, uh, even like today. That's just a statement. Uh, if I went back in time to my past self. I would say don't ever take the game too seriously because it really isn't that big of a deal to lose a match in Dead by Daylight. You're not gonna get a Nike sponsorship. You're not, you know, you're not gonna get a a girl's not gonna be like, oh my god, you, this guy wanted a match in Dead by Daylight, you know, and give and she'll give you her number. It's not gonna happen. Uh, if the survivors are rude or harass you in post game chat, just leave the match, move on. It's not worth talking to them. It's just a waste of time. To any new players wanting to play Pig, you will probably enjoy her a lot at first because you'll be going against newer players at the game or players that aren't as good. Uh, But when you get higher in skill-based matchmaking, you will start losing a lot. Uh, M1 killers are very weak compared to other killers, uh, but they're not impossible to win with and like at all. Like You can still win with M1 killers just fine. Um... I play with no slowdown perks and I still 4k against most survivors and I play at high MMR like like I'm pretty sure every time I play killer because I always see like meta perks nonstop. I play during a time where most killers were just M1 killers so you had to get good at playing your M1 killer. Um, the thing is is I also view DBD as a party game so I don't really find it in my opinion, it's not very competitive due to all the RNG in the game. And there's nothing wrong with people playing to win, but it's genuinely not a big deal if you lose matches. I would say if you just enjoy the chase interaction, you should focus on enjoying the chase interaction with survivors. Uh, you can play how you want and ignore what other people think. And that's my advice to new players. With all the jungle gyms, the LT walls, the long walls, and the killer shack, and all the other tiles out there, do you have a favorite tile that you like to play? This one's kind of short. Um, I would say I like playing killer shack the most, but I recently switched over to running bamboozle now. So killer shack is kind of obsolete to me. And all the reason I switched over to bamboozle is because of skill based matchmaking. Uh, I used to run barbecue over it just for the extra points. I didn't really care for the tracking because it, it's really not that good for tracking. Um, <clears throat> other than that, my my next choice would be LT walls because while they're mostly just 50-50 guesses, they're entertaining to run if you know how to run them. And there's a lot of secrets you can do as killer that a lot of people don't actually know about. And you can still kind of play with her dash there even though most of the time if the survivor is paying attention you're probably not going to get them there or uh, a lot of it's luck based um but yeah probably lt walls okay mmr has been a thing in this game for a while now and it's it's always been kind of a hot topic between not just killers but even survivor mains as well so um have you noticed a significant change in your games since it started when for the first I'll comment on the first few months of skill-based matchmaking because that's when I was, I started playing a lot more killer just to see. 
I have noticed massive changes in my matches, and they're not very pleasant. I run into a lot of survivors that are incredibly mean, and I still do all the time. And uh, that's not just uh, an attack at survivors either. I meet a lot of mean killer players as well. But we're talking about the pig, so I'm going to just you know talk as if I'm playing killer. I meet a lot of mean players. Regardless of how you play, I run into a lot of players who insult me a lot. Uh, even if I'm not tunneling, camping, I'm not sweating, you know, even if I only get one hook, I guess I get a, like, they just insult people for no reason. It's, it's kind of insane. Actually, it recently made me think very hard on who I play against and if I even want to play killer. So sometimes I'll go queue up for a match and I'll see a bunch of Nia's with flashlights and I'm like, they're probably all running dead hard. So I dodge because I don't, I already know what the, the, the build is and already know what kind of match it might be. So, uh, I used to not do that. I only do that recently because of skill-based matchmaking. Um, <clears throat> I still win plenty of matches. Uh, even with skill-based matchmaking, I, I still lose a lot. I lose a lot more often. I'll say that, but I still win plenty of matches. Um, but having three to four other human beings insult me after every single match is not very fun. I will admit that matches have been far sweatier, which sometimes forces me to play my to change my play style into a very boring one that I don't enjoy doing. I don't mind hard matches. I'm perfectly fine going against good players. But when it's back-to-back sweaty matches with unfun builds, it's not really my ideal way to enjoy dbd uh this goes for both sides uh because i'll also play survivor and get nothing but sweaty killers and sweaty builds when i when i play survivor all i ever really see are like three to four slowdown perks on strong killers or they play in a super scummy way um i simply wish the meta perks of this game would go away and players would learn would have to learn the game or come up with their own builds and what works for them instead of following the boring meta perk, the boring meta that we have today. So the pig is one of these few killers that can crouch walk and make herself undetectable. So this makes it very difficult for survivors to see and hear her coming. When is the best time to employ this strategy or are you better off moving normally? I use her stealth to go for gin grabs. The best time for stealth is at the start of the match, as I explained before. Uh, after the start of the match, the best times after that are typically when you are, when you, like let's say you fuck the survivor and you are you don't know where anyone else is, um, so you're going away from the hook and towards generators. Uh, that's the next best time to use your stealth and you should also go for another generator grab because you'll either get another gen, you'll either get a gen grab or you'll get a free hit and possibly a say the best for last stack. The other times I would recommend using her stealth ability mid match are when you're having difficulty finding others, another survivor. Uh, hiding your stealth makes it harder to stealth against her because you don't know where she is. Eventually, hiding your terror radius, a survivor will either work on a generator or they'll wander into you. Uh, stealth is also good for trading hooks if you decide to camp a survivor, though I tend to avoid doing it because it's not very fun or interactive. 
pigs dash lets her charge at survivors from a crouching position after a brief charge up followed by a long lunge. When is the best time to use this power and what loops would you avoid using it at? There are a lot of ways to use her dash ability. It's a lot more versatile than people think. At a normal distance loop, I tend to fake her dash ability and make the survivor think I'm going to dash and leave the loop when I'm not actually dashing at all. The purpose here is to make the survivor leave the loop and run somewhere that isn't safe. The problem with this strategy is often a good survivor will simply run to another pallet or a safe area. Uh, some areas, there is no need to use her dash if the pallet is unsafe and you can just do a quick mind game and get a free hit. There is also the situation where a survivor has nowhere to run and is forced to combat her dash. Uh, Midwitch has a lot of these types of loops, but other maps can fall victim, victim to it as well if the loop is near the wall of the map. If you notice a survivor just can't run to another tile, this would be a good time to either fake your dash attack or challenge the survivor with a dash attack. You can also attempt dash attacks at LT walls, but it's mostly based on luck. Plus, often survivors don't really attempt to run this tile anymore, I've noticed. So they'll just vault it and hold W a lot. <clears throat> uh, Shack is incredibly hard to get off a dash attack against decent survivors. But if the survivor is playing the window and not the pallet, it is actually possible to pull off a dash attack. Uh, it's just very difficult. And I don't really, if you're trying to win a match, I don't really recommend going for it. Uh, if you're just trying to have fun and practice, you, I recommend trying it just, just to do it. Uh, I recommend, I don't recommend using her dash attack at any unsafe at any safe pallets or long loops or even jungle gems. Uh, I recommend getting the pallet down as soon as possible and getting rid of their resource. I do recommend possibly using her crouch ability in jungle gems for mind games. Uh, if you want, as it can be fun and rewarding if it works, certain add-ons can make long wall jungle gems more playable with her dash, but it's still very difficult to get off. So the jigsaw boxes can help slow the game down and give you more time and to keep applying pressure on the survivors. Is it best to use the boxes in the earliest moments or are you better off using them at certain points like mid-game before the gens are done? Uh, I do not recommend running... I said this before, I don't recommend running a videotape add-on unless you're just using it for a fun gimmick build. Uh, I do recommend using your reverse bear traps as soon as possible. Uh, I, they are meant to slow the game down and not really kill their survivors, as I've explained before. Sometimes survivors do get unlucky and die to the reverse bear trap because I'm chasing a survivor near the box they need and they can't really get to it because the survivor's looping around there. But that's actually a, it's actually a rare occasion that happens. A reverse bear traps are RNG based. So using them as early as possible will not make a difference as opposed to waiting to use them. I do recommend using the traps even after the gens are done simply for extra points. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I have some survivors who think you can't leave with it on. So maybe the survivor will <laughs> try to get the RBT off and you'll get a free kill out of it. Um, but yeah. So when a survivor has an active trap on their head, is the best thing to do as the killer to let them spend time getting it off 
or chasing them down or maybe even just chasing them off the jigsaw box but not commit to the chase just to have them reset their progression on the jigsaw boxes. If a survivor is attempting to get their trap off in front of you and you can chase them off and maybe even down them, I 100% recommend that you go after them if you're going for the win, obviously. Other than that, I don't really recommend purposefully hunting down those with reverse bear traps. I recommend going for chases as soon as possible and creating pressure that way. Okay, so the pig has had a rework to her add-ons a short while ago. Do you feel she's in a much better position now? Or do you feel she needs more tweaks and changes to make her a more viable killer? I think a lot of the changes are good. To be honest, I don't have too much to say on our add-ons aside from what I explained previously. The add-on change was a lot better than her first go about. If I had to make more adjustments, uh, I would remove the charge penalty from last will. There is a 33% uh, speed penalty for using this add-on. The other changes I would make... Slow release toxin, which is exhaustion, uh, rusty attachments, which is which is the mangled effect, and utility blades, which is hemorrhage, should all have their status effects linger around for a couple of seconds after the survivor gets their reverse bear trap off. Other than that, while I think videotape and roll set are not very strong, I don't particularly think they need to, a change because some players might use it for a niche build. Uh, Same goes for other add-ons. I may have mentioned that are weak. I don't think everything in this game should be of equal power as it's supposed to be fun. Um, But yeah, that's my opinion on that. Well, thank you very much for the interview. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming by, Neon. Yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, having me. Well, that was a great interview and there are more like this and many more yet to come. You can either go into thefogcast.com or just search your favorite podcasting app if you want to listen for more. For people listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please don't forget to give a review or a rating respectively, as it does tremendously help the show. This was recorded on patch 5.6.2. I would like to thank Neon Sears for agreeing to do the interview, and my fellow co-host Jamie Lee 2K for organising the interview. All links will be in the description of the podcast, and we hope you all have a great day.